listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 24th of May 2022. Later, the focus returns to the tech sector on the Australian share market. But first, to job mobility and the Australian Bureau of Statistics says 1.3 million people have changed their jobs during the second year of the pandemic. That's the most in a decade and it's causing some major headaches for businesses, both large and small. For more, I spoke earlier with Meg Elkins. She's a behavioural economist at RMIT. Meg, we often hear about the term the great resignation. Does today's jobs mobility data go some way to support that? I think it goes a long way to support that. This is the biggest jump we've seen since 2012. But I would say it's more the great realignment than the great resignation. 1.3 million Australians changed their job in the second year of the pandemic. Why? And what do you think this is a reflection of? It's such a great question. Because really, it's about redefining your purpose. I think what um, the lockdowns and COVID did to us was to uh, make us reassess our own life beyond just work. Uh, I think that what we're finding is there's more to life than work that we've found from the pandemic. Um, purpose and uh, and also opportunity. There's much opportunity here. More women are changing jobs than men. What do you think that is about? Twofold here. First thing that happened in COVID was the geographical relocation. So we, and we know from the Treasury data, people moved out to regional areas, to much more to the um, uh, seaside, you know, lifestyle changes. But what happened this in this last year was that hybrid work came back. And juggling that geographically relocation with the need to come back to work has possibly made women reassess, one, their location, but two, whether their, their working circumstances work for them now. Obviously, um, this presents a challenge for employers, though, with more people changing jobs. They need to retain staff. They might need to pay higher wages, which we're starting to see slowly in the wage price index. How do you think small businesses, employers, larger businesses will deal with this then? So this is the black box now, because it's not something that employers have necessarily had to deal with. Um, when you've got uh, an unemployment rate that has been as high as it is, it's it's more in the the control of the employees. Now it's in, in control of the employers. So it's a matter of listening to what employers want, changing work circumstances, being more flexible, and allowing people to find purpose again. Where this year is also the year of languishing. Um, we are really needing to pep ourselves up. So an employer that can address that languishing is going to be someone that you're going to stay with. So just finally, what's your advice to those people seeking change or seeking to change their jobs at the moment? Well, this involves 
some career development strategy. You need to take an audit of your skill set, your character, your strengths, your values. But you also need to look around you what opportunities are there. And the opportunities are reaching out to your networks and also thinking about new networks and the way that you can realign yourselves to find more purpose in what you're doing that aligns with the availability of jobs out there. Hey, Gelkins there from RMIT to the Australian share market now, which did fall today, the 200 down by 0.3%, 7,128. For more, I spoke earlier with Robert Telefsky. He is the founder of Activist Investment Advisors. Rob, what's driving the market today? Australian equity markets were flat for most of today. Miners, Fortescue, BHP and Rio uh, were all higher but um, only offset by the tech sector. Overnight, US equity markets were up 2%, pushing away from the bear market territory, which is a 20% or more fall in equity markets from peak. The rise was led by US financials. JP Morgan, uh, US's largest mortgage provider, um, provided some um, guidance on its earnings and it talked about um, basically benefiting from um, an increasing interest rate environment. Banks tend to be a good barometer uh, for the health of uh, the economy and earnings. Investors uh, welcome this news and uh, the stock was up 6%. When we talk about the US though, I think a lot of the action happened after the trading session because Snapchat uh, issued a profit warning, basically blaming rising inflation. So is this reflective of the whole tech industry? What does it say about tech companies at the moment in this environment? Yeah, so Snapchat was down 30% after uh, um, uh, market hours, essentially. Um, they warned investors of this sort of potential impact to earnings and ad revenue. Um, and this warning really has come about post this economic growth deterioration. And also tech companies such as Snapchat, uh, Google and Facebook all uh, rely heavily on um, ad revenue. And, um, you know, typically companies uh, in environments like this start to look at cutting back on their spending um, and, you know, really buy this ad revenue on these platforms. And as a result, that's had um, a negative impact um, on revenue for, for tech companies such uh, as, as these. Okay, when you look at the markets right now, uh, where do you see it in the cycle, right? And, and how do you pick an equity market bottom? It's very challenging to pick accurately uh, an equity market bottom. Some say the only way you can pick it is uh, when it's right basically past you. Um, equity market bottoms tend to be where investors um, have this sort of sentiment of, of panic and capitulation. You know, essentially investors throwing in the towel and, and, and selling everything. You know, back in April 2020, um, market valuations uh, PE um, forward uh, fell to as low as 12 times. Now, the average of, of that over a 10-year period is 15 times. So, you know, maybe that's one point, but currently we're still around that 16 times. So in terms of the current environment, it does feel like we're not yet at the bottom. Um, you know, we aren't at that particular stage where, you know, the, the investor capitulation phase. Perhaps um, we might be nearing this given 
but at that, that sort of point where, say, for example, the US, um, you know, ha- having increased interest rates um, to a certain point, and if they start hinting that, for example, there might not be many more interest rates, that could be one signal that we might be nearing a bottom. And the other one is really, um, once they start getting inflation under control, that might also um, spur markets to rally following that. So given all of that, given of the inflationary, the higher interest rate environment we're in, where do you see the opportunities? Where are you playing it? So we've been um, adjusting portfolios in a more defensive stance. So um, we've been reducing uh, our tech exposure, as we've done for for most of this year and, and sort of late last year. Um, you know, we've been um, reducing our exposure to equities, broadly speaking, and increasing uh, exposure to asset classes such as infrastructure and private equity. These asset classes typically do well in uh, down markets. Also, we've been adding to our gold position as well, and uh, and we've been adding to our cash position. Uh, the cash gives us, gives you two benefits. One, um, by not obviously investing in, in the bond part of the exposure, which um, the bond returns have been falling in late. So having cash means you're not getting that negativity. On the other hand, um, you know, if there's an opportunity there to, to buy back in, it's an easier way of moving money across from cash into equities. Robert Talevsky there from Activists. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 